Okay, I have a few questions in my hand and I would like to answer them one by one. The first question is, uh, I'm, I'm reading out a question. Can you hear me back there at the back? Yeah. Is that my daughter is suffering from ALS and the doctor told her that the day will come that she will be trapped in her own body. As parents, we found out that she has asked her doctor if he will assist her with uh, euthanasia. He refused. What can we do to talk her out of it? And how can we find out why we have all this suffering? Well, let's answer this. This is a question that requires quite some time to, to deal with. So, uh, your, your daughter is suffering from ALS and the doctor said the day will come when the body is paralyzed. There's nothing you can do, you know. Um, and then she wants to die early uh, and refuse. I think um, the most important is whenever we suffer in this life it's because of what we have done in our past life or in the present life. <clears throat> the, calm, the karmic force, the karma has been carried from one life to another. So the fact that you are suffering from a sickness or a serious sickness is because of what you have done <clears throat> in the past and nothing uh, you have done so far that you can you, you, you could change it otherwise you could have changed it already or you could have improved it so I think what we should really do is number one thing is to repent you recognize the mistakes that you have you have done in your past life or in the past in this life you you do your repentance first Whatever we have done in the past is coming out from greed, hatred, and uh, greed, hatred, and, ang and, 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 uh, and anger, and then we have we have we repent it. That's a that's a ceremony that we do, and not just a ceremony. Every you repent it first, and then you try to set up a communion, if we can say, or a com or a communication with a higher existence to be sympathetic. To, uh, to help you out because apparently doctors can help and how can we remove the karma that has been accumulated from the past so first repent on whatever wrong you have done that brought forward this um, it's not without a cause there's a cause for it um, so repent first and then you set up your communication with Buddhist um compassionate Buddhist who like to help out. Um, 
the help may be in a variety of form. It could be in a form that would mitigate the pain, or could be in a form that would lengthen the life, or could be in a form even to change, to improve it altogether. It depends on, on your karmic power. There are three powers, generally. The first one is the power of your own karma that would bring all these, not just bad ones, for those who suffer good, for those who enjoy good health and wealth and reputation is because what good things you have done in the past. So good karma or bad karma or neutral karma. So the power of the karma is extremely powerful. It says in the sutra that if we can quantify the wrongs that we have done in the past, if we can quantify it, if we heap, heap all our wrongdoings, that we have done in the past, heave it up. It would be as high as a Sumeru mountain. So how much, how much, how much uh, bad karmic deeds that we have done? It could have filled up the whole universe. So the power of the karma is extremely strong. But the power of Buddha and Buddhist tattoos and all the sages are also extremely strong too. They are ready to help out. They are ready to tell you that this is what you should do. In order to get a relief, this is what you do to do in order to turn over a new leaf. This is what you should do in order that everything can be improved. And so that you help you out from samsara, help you out from the suffering. That's the whole intention. <coughs> The whole intention of a bodhisattva, that's the intention of the Buddha, that's the intention of Siddhagapa Bodhisattva, who is constantly going down to hell to save victims of hell, to save victims in all the, all the six realms. So the power of Buddha and bodhisattva is extremely powerful, as powerful as the karmic force. And the third power, the power of the vows, the power of your determination. Uh, the power of your determination is also very powerful. The power of your determination follow up by your practice. So if we consider this, we know that the power of the bad karma is there, that we have to suffer from this from this sickness, then what we do is we seek power from the other two powers. So we have to constantly communicate with Buddha and Bodhisattvas first, firstly. Now how do we do this? We chant, we know the Buddha's teaching, we chant the mantra, we chant the names of the Bodhisattvas and the Buddhas. By day and by night, we chant Avalokitesvara Bodhisattva, Siddhagapa Bodhisattva, or Namo Amitabha Bodhisattva, to seek advice and guidance, as, just as you are seeking advice and guidance from me by asking this question. I'm just a sentient being, a, temp, a, tempor, a, a temporal monk. But I'm giving you all this from the Buddhist teaching. And there's a higher level that who gave this teaching, 
was ready to help. So I'm just the, 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 the medium that gives out that message to you, that telephone number to you, that address to you. You've got to visit that address. You've got to dial it up. How do you dial it up? If you're just sitting there and wait and doing nothing, you're not dialing up the phone. You're not picking up the phone. If you're sitting there and doing nothing, you're not trying your, your, your best <coughs> to locate the address, to locate the hospital, to locate the location, to locate where the sages are that you can ask for help. So, chant the mantra, chant the name of the Bodhisattvas, chant the names of the Buddhas, set up the communication, do your meditation so that the meditation can pacify your anger, your hatred, your sense of inequality. Pacify that so that your peacefulness comes out and then in peacefulness you get into communication with bodhisattvas. So a lot of ways to help but meditation by chanting mantra, by chanting sutras, by chanting the names of bodhisattvas. And that you can access the power of the bodhisattvas and buddhas. They are just like the grand universal radio station, for example. You got to tune in so that you get the message, you get the frequency, you get the energy of sound from that grand universal station. Nobody would believe it. Nobody would believe that there's a grand universal station by certain frequency that you use a little device, you can tap into that frequency and you get the sound right away. 1,150 years ago, nobody would have believed that the sound waves travel thousands of miles overseas to another country. Now we all know. So you're going to tap in, you've got to, you got to, to dial that. And you have to do it with persistency, with endurance, and with the fullest devotion, with not a single trace of suspicion. If you have suspicion, it may take you a long time. Siddhikapa Bodhisattva, for, for eons of years, have been practicing, have been following this path of helping out all, subs, all victims of hell, victims suffering in the six realms, incessantly. And he vowed that until the hell is empty, I wouldn't enter into nirvana. I will continue to save and to help incessantly. So that's the power, the second power. The power of the Buddha, the Bodhisattvas, and all the other sages. How about the third power? The power of your own. The power of the determination. You make the vow. You acknowledge the wrongdoings. This is what I have done in the past out of greediness, out of hatred, out of ignorance. Now I'm not doing them anymore. Instead, I would try to, to tread the sagely path, the enlightenment path. And I would follow the path of the Bodhisattva. Whatever I can do in my life 
that I can contribute, I contribute. I would do all kinds of merits. I won't be sitting at home doing nothing and waiting. I would be outgoing to, to help out, to go to places where they suffer from the same kind of illness or suffer from the same kind of, of uh, uh, calamities that I would like to help them out with until my very last breath. So I'm building up my power, my power of all this merit, the power of improvement. So with these two powers, you may counteract the karmic, the karmic force or delay it to happen or purifying some of the karmic force. This is by action, by belief, by faith, by confidence, by building up the merits. So there's a lot of volunteers to help organizations. There are a lot of people who, who contribute to uh, charities. Uh, there's a lot of people who vow to uh, get all the family members to get, in, to get involved. And um, that's a case that, that a father gets sick and a daughter is want to express her filial piety and make a vow in front of the Buddha and Bodhisattvas is that should my father recover from this illness, uh, I would be forever a vegetarian. I don't want to eat meat again. I want to stop killing and I want to help out. So you can make a lot of vows to change. Your, your mind can change many wrongdoings or can purify them. It's just like a clothes. You already have made the clothes completely dirty. How do you, how do you resume its brightness again? You bleached it. But a lot of pur purified it by actions. And there are also people who make vows that... Um, should my father recover again, or should I, should, then I, I, would, I, would, I would ordain myself to be a monk or a nun, and then I would follow the sagely path. I, I would promote the Buddhist teaching. I would be doing just meritorious deeds. There's so many vows that you can make. There's so much determination you, 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 can, you can create and follow that path until you become successful. So, these three powers, which one you want to build up? You want to build up your own power and the power of the Buddha, the power of your own vow, the power of the determination of your confidence in it. And if it doesn't work because the power is not strong enough, then I vow to come back in my next life to do it again. And I want to do it again and again and again. There's a lot of determination in it. Um, is it unfair? No, because you created the karma yourself, herself. Life is suffering. Do we know now that we should not attach to this body, to this life anymore? We should get out from samsara. Life is short. Some people go early, some people go later. We will all have to be gone one day. We waste no time. 
You still waste your time in indulgement in entertainment, indulgement in karaoke and partying and you name it. Not to mention the bad deeds that you will be indulged in. There's no time for, not enough time for, for practice. And yet every day we can see people doing foolish stuff like idling themselves, suffering in depression, loneliness, saying that I don't know how, I don't know how to pass my time. If you have a lot of extra time, go help a lot of unfortunate people. They're waiting. They're waiting for you to build up your power of determination to help. There's no time to lose. The Buddha said that the clock is, that the time passes every minute. Every thought changes. In this world, there's no eternal happiness. Happiness is not just eating good, living good, luxuries, materials, not just that. Happiness is from within, from the mind. Build up that vow, repent. Take the three refuges first. Take the five precepts as the first step of determination. I want to take the refuge under the Buddha, the Sangha and the Dharma. And then I want to take the five precepts, abstain from killing, abstain from lying, abstain from sexual misconduct, abstain from intoxicant and abstain from stealing. So I want to do all this and then I would try to promote these good deeds so the people would know. And I would work in voluntary organizations to help out unfortunate people. If I have the money, I would donate. I won't, I won't be, be a miser in keeping all my money intact for the future, waiting for inflation. I would just use up my money, use, use my money to do good deeds. Or I want to change my mind in rendering out my compassion to everybody. So, it's a battle, but it's a battle that has to be won by the power of determination, the power of the Buddha and Bodhisattvas. It's tough, but to many people it works. To people with determination. Helen Keller said, in nature, there is no security. People are looking for security all the time. Everything they want to be comfortable and secure and live in a, in a comfortable zone. So Helen Keller, the philosopher, the writer, says, there's no security in nature. Life, life is either adventure or nothing. Since you've gone into that, dark forest, take the adventure and get out. Fight a battle. Albert Einstein says, there are two ways to live your life, to live your life. One is as if everything is a miracle. The other is nothing is. Which one do you choose? Choose the one with the miracles. Don't choose the one that is none. But you've got to work at it. You can't just empty talk about it. You have to work at it. Miracle works when you have miraculous deeds. 
you it must be supported by your action never give up never give up chant the mantra every day recite the sutra do the meditation say your prayers oh, I still have a few more questions so that's it for this question next question speaking of sacrifices in the practice of charity what is Buddhism's view on the use of animals for medical research some say that sacrifices can lead to benefits for the entire mankind but some say animals lives are no less significant than the humans yes every life no matter how belittling you, th you think it is be it just a starfish a clam it's a life it's a sentient being is as valuable if you're doing a medical research you know that you're killing for lab for, for the purpose of mankind you know that in your mind you know that you are committing killing but you know that if that killing is performed and should that experiment be successful a lot of other lives will be saved so there's an expedient way of doing it you could have killed one or two lives or three lives or four lives but you could have saved billions of lives later then that's an expedient way of doing it but you have to remember in your mind if I commit this killing I, I, I cultivate the cause of killing I may be killed I may suffer I may suffer from a sickness I may I may suffer from all all kinds of calamities I don't know what but I'm willing to suffer because I suffer on behalf of all sentient beings if I suffer and billions of sentient beings will be safe it's worth it if that's your attitude that's the attitude of a bodhisattva that's the attitude of sacrifice in the life of the Buddha there are many many lives that the Buddha sacrificed himself in one life the Buddha was a prince and he was walking in the forest he came up to a cave where he saw six tigers one mom and five other small tigers and they were all starving because they, they did, there's no animals around they can hunt so they were starving and they were on the verge of death all these six tigers were dying and the prince all of a sudden complete mercifulness and compassion arose in the prince the prince wanted to sacrifice his body so he rubbed his body against the wall so the blood comes out and lay on the ground and sacrifice his body so that the tigers and eat him, eat him eat the body up was he stupid and foolish sacrificing his body at that time he didn't think of having a body if Bodhisattva think of his body is unreal I don't attach to form according to the Diamond Sutra he is in the process of perceiving Tadatta 
all form is unreal. If you perceive all form is unreal, you see the Buddha, you see Bodhi. So he sacrificed himself for just six tigers, hungry tigers, is one life. In another life, he sacrificed himself just for half of a poem. That poem teaches people to be enlightened. So many sacrifices the Buddha made in his life. You think the Buddha become the Buddha from so easy and an achievement? He sacrifices many lives. Not to mention one life as, 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 as a rat for, for, as killing a rat for experiments. So that answers this question. Next question. Will there be any meditation retreat in the future? I don't know yet. I hope we'll have. Um, we'll keep you posted. And maybe you should keep us posted. You should inform whether we will be doing it. And if we do it, then you can join in. It says here another question. The four fallacious notion, ego, personality, being, and life seem to be the same thing. What are the differences? Maybe you haven't attended our earlier lectures in the Diamond Sutra. We already have explained it in detail. However, I would just simplify it very briefly for you. Ego, you know what ego is? A self-centered uh, mental activity, a self-centered life. We should change from the self-centered life to the divinity life. So this is ego. The first ego means you, I, I. Everybody attached to this I. I want this, I want that. You, you infuriate me. You hurt me. Or you're jealous of me. You're better than me. I want to be better. I want to surpass. Always I, the ego is I. What is the personality? What is the counterpart? What is the, what is the opposing part? If you have I, there must be you, him, them, they, or others also. So in your interaction with others, they have their ego and you have your ego and all these complications give rise to mental afflictions. Give rise to what? Strives, wars, killings, offenses, all kinds of troubles, all kinds of um, calamities, all kinds of crimes. So the first is you, ego, personality, all others, they also have their egos. Being, being, other than you, all sentient being, you, me, them, they, being include all things. The car, the building, the particles in the air, in the air everything, everything, we attach to them. We attach them as real. They're unreal. Because we attach them as real, we create all kinds of illusions, all kinds of attachment. We're attached to our house, we're attached to a luxury car, we're attached to jewelries and diamonds and money, we're attached to superficial body, facial, you know, we're, we're attached to bodies, we're attached to desires, we're attached to all what we think, we're attached to self-view, extreme view, perverted views, all this abe that, that, that being inclusive. What is life? Life, a life means time spent. We think that everything is permanent. We never perceive the temporariness of things, the transience of things. In our subtle thought, 
We don't think everything is transient. Everything will be enjoy, will be joyful. We're attached to them. So this four notion, our fallacious notion, we always attach these four notions and create a lot of karma. We kill, we steal, we lie, we commit crimes, we be jealous, deceitful, negligence, fraudulence, parsimony, greediness, hatred, you name them, all because of these fallacious notions. Next question. Why can some people see and interact with dead spirits and others cannot? Some people interact with dead spirits. There are so many reasons for it. I can't really identify one cause for you. There are many, many causes for people who can see spirits. One of the many reasons I can figure out myself is if that person in his previous one life ago or two lives ago, if he came or he or she came from the ghost's realm, he may still have that, those seats in the alive consciousness. And he may still see his folks before. Or if he's particularly related to certain spirits that are still around, because of certain relationship and cause, he may be able to see them. And there is people who always see variety of spirits. He could have come, he, his last, pre, his previous life, could have been in the ghost realm. And whatever, whatever karma still remained that he can see them. It's not good. It's not good that a certain person, you are in this realm and you can see a lower realm. It's good to see a higher realm. Have you ever, have you ever heard of people who, who can see guardian angels? Some of them, but not too many. A lot of people can see dead, dead, dead spirits. Because you're closer to the dead spirit's karma. If you see the real, the, the, uh, the Nimanakana Kaya of the Buddha, or the Bodhisattvas, or you can sense Bodhisattva's existence, you're closer to the higher level. If you don't make yourself to be a ghost medium, media, otherwise you can get rid of the, of the dead spirits. And some people can, some people cannot. We don't really have, really have to know why they can and why they cannot. Why don't we just walk our enlightenment, walk our practice? There's so many irregularities in this world that people who, who can talk to spirits too. I know of a lot of stories, actual stories that some Buddhists told me that they talk to spirit actually. They see them. So what's the surprise? This is not surprising. No question, it says, just to say thank you to the temple, the master, and the sangha for us to have the opportunity to practice. It's good that you treasure what you've got. Some people may not even treasure it. They take it for granted. I come to this temple, and this temple is free. But you don't know that. Don't exploit anything. You have to value it. You have to show your appreciation. This is a good appreciation that you appreciate what you've got. Not just appreciating the temple. Appreciating that you are human now. Appreciating that you have that body. Appreciating that you still can practice. Treasure what you've got. And another quote from Helen Keller. I like, I like her book, Three Days to See Light. And she said, um, 
she said people couldn't hear, they never value the sound of birds. Uh, people who can hear, when they walk into the wood, they never value, appreciate the sound of birds. People who can see, when they walk into the forest, they never appreciate the beauty of the flowers. People who can smell, they didn't appreciate all the things that I encounter. When they come back from the wood, I asked them, what do you see? They never expressed anything to me. Um, devotedly, fervently. They just say, oh, I just walk in the wood. Nobody tell, nobody tell her in detail how beauty, what beauty is, how sound sounds like, bird, flowers. She wants full description, but nobody gives, gives her full descriptions because people don't really care too much because they can see, they can hear, they can listen, they can smell. They don't value what they've got until they lose them. To value what you've got. Not just value this temple and the master and the sangha to give you the opportunity to practice. Value your time, your body, your life. Don't waste it. Don't idle your time away.